Hello, welcome to another episode of One for the Table. My name is Kim Chi. And I am John Kang. Yesterday was National Grilled Cheese Day. Oh, it was. And we didn't make any grilled cheese. Not a single one. And um, we should be ashamed of ourselves. What did we eat instead? What did we eat yesterday? We had sushi. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, the sushi was good. What did you eat for lunch or breakfast? <laughs> breakfast, I made yokbang. Ah, yeah, you did, you did, you did. And the yokbang was very delicious. Oh my god, how old are we that we can't remember what we ate yesterday? We're old. We're super old. <laughs> but not that old. I mean, you're a logo girl. Yeah, well... <laughs> What TV channel have you been on? I don't even know. I'm on I'm on the the channels that you can get on like using the antenna on your television. Um, no, no. I'm I'm the ones with the old school like your great grandparents' TV where there's only like eight channel on the things and it goes chunk whenever you like flip it. Did you ever have those? You probably didn't because I I remember this when I was like a tiny, tiny kid. I would be able to like go up and like it would be like an audible mechanical click on the TV to change the channel. Well, we didn't have TV that young, so it sounds like you grew up very privileged. (laughs) It was in Hong Kong. Yeah, we had TV then. Yeah, I remember um, my grandfather had TV like in his room um, and he would always watch like news and the weather and i'm like you never go outside of the house grandpa like why are you always watching the weather like what difference does it make to you <laughs> <laughs> it is old people and the weather also you don't leave the house like why why are you even watching the news like what good does watching the news do for you when you don't leave the yeah house? but like we also barely leave the house now i leave my house all the time i don't know no, about we did you. just watch a movie also i'm in la right now Yes, welcome to LA. John is in LA. And it is not as advertised. John brought the choice sweater with him. So, so it's been cold and rainy here all week. The gag is the minute I left Detroit and got into Los Angeles, it became 10 degrees warmer consistently in Detroit and sunny. So we're, we're seeing like 80 degree days and 63 degree nights in Detroit right now. Well, I'm not seeing it, but everyone else is. And it is cold and rainy here in Los Angeles, but it's okay because I'm snuggling up next to Butter, Kim's dog. I hear like, is Butter like running around? I can hear his little feet like... He's like clomping around. My dog is always like desperate for attention, no matter how much he gets it. Well, he's so, so cute. I brought hoodies for him and he loves mm-hmm. him so much. He's such a handsome boy. He's a handsome boy. You are. So speaking of rainy days, do you guys have um, food like in Chinese culture that you specifically eat when it's raining? I mean, like, cold weather food, um, you know, congee is, like, the mainstay. But then there's also, like, dumplings in in broth. Um, in the morning time, I think I think they consume in Beijing. There was this slightly sweet alcoholic rice soup. Um, mm-hmm. It's fermented rice, and it's, like, sweet. And people would drink it in the mornings, I think, to help, like, warm the cells up during the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Korea, um, we specifically eat, like on a rainy day, we eat like um, seafood pancake or kimchi pancake. You call them fritters. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you made that the first day I was here. Yes, I made um, kimchi pancake for um, breakfast for John and he made a point to keep calling it fritter. And I'm like, why are you calling it a fritter? 
And his explanation was, "It's fried. If you, if it's if it's fried, it's a fritter." I thought. But technically, pancake is like fried and butter too. I guess I feel like pancakes more like a griddle type thing. So it's more like it's not like cooked in the oil. Oh no! Let's look it up. Let's look it up. The difference between a pancake and I mean, a fritter. like when I think of like fritter, I think of like it's like a fried things that like you hold and you eat, as opposed to like a pancake. Oh, I see. So technically, a pancake is defined by batter. And a fritter is defined by what's dipped into batter, whether it's vegetables, fruits, or leftover meats. So that's why, like, I called it a fritter in my mind because it was like, it's more kimchi than it is pancake. Well, yeah, technically, it is made in the batter. By yeah, yeah, yeah. The batter into the frying yeah. pan. So yeah, so it is. It is definitely like it is a pancake, but because like there's so much stuff in it, I, I just for some reason in my mind, I call things fritters when there's like. When the pancake part is the secondary importance, like for me, the important part of what we ate is the kimchi, because the kimchi was like all the flavor, all the substance. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still am not. I'm gonna call it a fritter. You know, you live your life. You do you. You know, if calling <laughs> my kimchi pancake a kimchi fritter makes you happy, you know, then I fully support your choice. But um, I guess the reason for Koreans eating like seafood pancake or kimchi pancake, like when it's raining, is because um the sound of the pancake like griddling, like in hot oil, sounds like the rain. Oh, so, um, so there's like a sound that like makes you like crave. So when you hear the rain, it sounds like the sound of like pancake being grilled. You know, so people like start craving it. Yeah, that makes sense. I think like. If if Chinese people would have any kind of like food in relation to rain and cold weather, it would have something to do with like Chinese medicine. So it would, and I don't know anything about traditional Chinese medicine, but it would in my mind it would be something like you know oh it's cold outside so you need to fortify like your energy like certain elements within yourself with probably soup. It's it's always going to be go down to soup. I honestly, because I'm like, I'm getting like old or whatever. I feel like it's just like, we always talk about how we're like, we're so old. We're not that old. Who you are, but, um, who you are. but I want like soup all the time in my life. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Oh, like, yes. My, even then, like if I don't get soup, even if I just get like rice with like hot water poured over it and just like eat with like pickles or whatever, like I'm satisfied. But I need like some like warm liquid going down my throat and my tummy into my tummy say it hot love that for hot. you <laughs> and it's just like the sensation of like warm liquid you know like that is also like food when i was younger and i would get together for sunday dinner with like my grandparents and my uncles and my dad and stuff i would actually like on my own put my rice into my soup to a make the rice taste better and make it like i guess i i liked the feeling of like the r- slippery rice and stuff as I was eating it with the soup. And I distinctly remember my grandmother like saying that, you know, that's why he's so fat. <laughs> Cause I was a big Damn. kid. My grandma was like, he's eating the rice so quickly by drinking it with the soup. He's not giving like, I think she said like, it's, it, it's not giving his 
body time to digest it fully, so it all just turns to fat, and that's why he's so fat. <laughs> like that is like not true at all. It's not true at all. But isn't that just like Asian grandma logic? <laughs> yeah. In Korea, um, we have this thing called toriam, and if mm. you go to like a like a stew or like soup place that knows what they're doing, they um give you the rice in the soup already. But then mm-hmm. they pour the hot broth in it, pour it out, oh. and then pour the hot broth in, pour it out, and they'll like repeat it over and over again. So then the rice like warms up to the soup. Wow. So then when they finally like serve it to you, the um, flavor of the soup is like already embedded in the rice. Wow. That sounds delicious. Because yeah, after you like normally put the rice in the soup, it takes like a few minutes for it to like soak up and all that. Mm-hmm. And it also like, soaks up more soup in the process and it like cools it down too but this way you get like the like cleanest hot broth with the rice already infused with the soup it is delicious i love that we're talking about this and we have salong tongue in the kitchen right now ready to go as soon as we're done with this podcast (laughs) yeah so we told ourselves like if he does salong tongue first and record the podcast we're going to be too tired and sleepy to like record anything so just like dogs that are motivated by treats we ordered the salong tang, and we're not going to touch the salong tang until we finish recording this podcast. <laughs> so we're not taking any breaks this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could take breaks. You want to take oh, a we break? Take breaks. Just kidding. It's mm. only been 10 minutes. It's been 10 minutes. It's been 10 minutes. What else did we eat while I was on this trip? So we had like the kimchi pancake. What did we eat? Oh, that Thai restaurant. Oh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to name names. <laughs> yeah, we're not naming names. No so, names. So, one of our friends was having a birthday party, so we went to this Thai restaurant. And it's a Thai restaurant that I've already been to before. Very trendy, very, like, Instagram-worthy. It's very pretty. I feel like if you told them that much information, people in L.A. can already figure out what restaurant we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, no maybe not <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know maybe i don't know either way yeah, we're whatever. not gonna tell you we're not telling yeah so anyways when i eat thai food um there are certain flavor profiles that i look for and that is like deep down like spicy like spicy that like hits you to the core super stinky pungent but mm. also like very acidic sour lots of fresh and flavors then, too Mm-hmm. And then sweet things are also like very sweet. <laughs> yes. Like I feel like at least just from my experience with Thai cuisine, all the flavor, if they want you to feel something, you're definitely gonna feel that profile. For sure. It's very vibrant. If something is gonna be salty, it's gonna be super salty. If something is gonna be sour, it's gonna be super sour. Like there's no like subtlety in a way, but in a good way. That's and that's why I love Thai food. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this restaurant, the food is um, anything but that. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't like offensively bad. It no, was nothing mid. Is bad. Everything, everything is like, you know, it was fine. Don't want to be offended by the food. Yeah, but unfortunately, like the service didn't make up for it. So it was obviously like a trendy and modern restaurant um with the way they were decorated and with obviously like the price of of all the stuff but like the service wasn't reflective of that 
either. Okay, well, first of all, let's focus on the positive. Um, I appreciate them trying to take like Thai cuisine and elevate it to a level where um, it's not just like a pile of food on a plate, but it's aesthetically very pleasing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're definitely trying to like be more like a higher end you know like they're using like nicer ingredients like short rib um Mm -hmm. like giant prawns like lobster yeah so it did feel like it was like on the higher end of things yes i agree and they had like interesting cocktails and stuff i which Mm -hmm. i just felt like every like the cocktails and stuff like they were just doing way too much yeah um, the cocktails were like unnecessarily like cumbersome like the cocktail served in like a pretty glass, but then they serve it with like a tiny piece of cheesecake. Then you're supposed to take a bite of this cheesecake and drink the cocktail. And then the remainder of the cocktail came in like this genie lamp. But like, <laughs> there's no reason for it to come in a genie lamp aside from they just want to serve people genie lamp. It was just like another like, I don't know, like two more ounces of like liquid just like in that lamp that you just like pour into your glass and drink in. Our biggest issue of the night was, um, you know, all the food was, food was coming at, like, a different pace, you know, which is fine, you know, we're just still, like, eating, chatting, and having fun, um, but then for some reason, my entree, like, never came out, yes. um, so then we were all done with the meal, um, so then finally, like, I, like, tracked the server down, and I asked him, hi, my entree's, like, still missing, um, and he's like, oh, well, let me check on that. And then he, like, mm-hmm. went away. And then when he came back, he's like, um, yeah, sorry, they brought your um, entree to the wrong table, and they just, like, never made another one. Um, but in replacement, we can give you a drink. And I was like, oh, I don't drink. He's like, then we'll give you a Thai iced tea. Yeah. And so, I'm like, okay. Yeah, so. It was just so bad in the way that they handled it, because we were there. Like the, Mm-hmm. First they first they like they said their kitchen closed at eight. Or like no no eight forty five or whatever. Okay, so they said the kitchen and the bar closed at eight forty five. Granted, we were there on a Tuesday, right? Yeah. It but was, it was like a birthday reservation and you know like Yeah. Um and so it started off with them saying that like, you know, you have to get your order in get your orders in all at once as soon as we sat down. Our reservation was I don't know, like six or seven. I don't remember when it was. It was at eight. Oh, so we were we showed up forty five. Our reservation was forty five minutes before they closed. Yeah. Why would they take a reservation? Okay. Anyway, um, so we did get our all of our orders in. We even ordered dessert up front, and um, I didn't get my cocktail. It doesn't really matter. They did end up making me my cocktail, but like they said to you all those things, and like we were eating really fast. We were like mm-hmm. trying to get all the things cleared up and done. And then they offered you all of that. But I don't understand. Like if they brought your food to the wrong table, like wouldn't they have like told us that's why your food was getting delayed in the first place? But also like if they brought it to the wrong table, you know, wouldn't you just like have someone make it right away? Yeah. Instead of just yeah. like you know yeah it was just it was just so bizarre like the fact that a they would accept a reservation 45 minutes before closed and a birthday reservation for like a huge party for that matter 
And then they'd offer you that, but you know. So, and then I think like the kitchen staff were coming in and out, and um, they saw like who was at this table, which like there were like other queens from like Drag Race that was there. And I think they recognized us. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, um, like later, he comes back and it's like, oh, I'm sorry for all the trouble. We love to offer you a $50 gift card um, for next time. Which, like, they didn't offer before, but all of a sudden, like, now. Yeah. So definitely, like, our servers were, I would say, like, straight guys. And our busters were, like, straight guys. And then people from the back of the house or the kitchen might have been, like, women and, like, queer it people. Was, it was like a, yeah. Yeah. And then they recognized y'all. And then the service for the last, like, 15 minutes that we were there got noticeably better. But at that point, I was just, like... Just own it at that point and just get mm-hmm. us out of the restaurant. <laughs> and also, I feel like they, they should have mentioned, you know, like our kitchen closed at like 845. Um, then I feel like we would have made the reservation earlier or like gone somewhere else, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, I still, I'm still just like so confused that they would. Like, we were like sitting down and we were still like ordering, which like, we were still ordering cocktails when they told us that we need to like order dessert. Like yeah. right away too, you know? Yeah. It's just biz- just bizarrely run. And then they ask for photos. <laughs> yeah. Well, which, uh, you know, photos are more than happy to take, you know? But yeah. I think for like bigger parties, because they're able to like stop the gratuity on, like, you mm-hmm. know, also like the quality of service like definitely goes down too. Because like mm-hmm. they're guaranteed this money no matter what. Yeah. What kind of service they give. As, I guess so. I mean, I don't think that's an excuse at all, especially if you're it's supposedly... It's not an excuse, but I mean, like, I'm yeah. just like, trying to think, like... Because um, in my experience working as a server, too, um, not me, but I've seen, like, other servers just, like, slack off on, like, big tables where they're able to set the gratuity on because they know they're getting the gratuity, so... Huh. You know? I always, like... Because big parties mean so much to the restaurant, we always, like, made extra special like effort to take care of them because you know you want parties to come back but I, that's neither here nor there like that just that restaurant was was okay, a every, every restaurant is different you know you yeah. Know. yeah 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 that restaurant know, was a so low it, light i mean again like the staff afterwards like nice and everything but i don't even know if i want to go back to use this 50 dollars gift card <laughs> yeah it would make a good gift for somebody yeah it's just um <laughs> there's so many great restaurants in la if my experience is like, I'm not asking for like a A plus service. I'm not asking, you know, I don't even want free stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I just want to yeah. be treated with respect, you know? And yeah. like a normal solution. And I just be like, oh, I'm so sorry um, to like mess up your order. Um, but let me like ask the kitchen to like open up again just to like make your entree or something. Not offer me a fucking just, Thai iced tea. Right. And then, and then offer me a gift card after finding out who I was, you know? <laughs> I did say, like, you know, every, like, when when you live in a city with so many good choices, like L.A. or New York or Chicago or whatever, like, every restaurant that you go to is, like, you saying no to all the other possibilities that are out there, which is why probably why a few people, like, stress out or, like, their reservations mm-hmm. mean so much to them because, like, you know, every dining opportunity is, like, an experience for them. You know, I don't know. Every meal counts. Like, every meal is so important to me. I just, like, don't want to, like, take my money, business, and my time to a restaurant that, like, I just didn't, like, 
enjoy myself fully yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we ate at a lot of perfectly great other places. Uh, Leo's Taco was the first stop that we made after I landed in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was so good. It's like I've eaten there once before. Their uh, Tacos al Pastor was so delightful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, if you've never been, it's on, um, it's on La Brea. And Pico, I think. I don't know the exact street. You look it up. Leo's um, taco truck. But it's one of those places that makes like the giant like that of Al Pastor. And then they like slice a giant piece of pineapple for like every um, Al Pastor order. And then mm. it's also the place where I introduced Jonathan to Al Pastor fries. Oh my and God. And changes on fry life. So good. Oh my God. It's just cheesy, creamy, meaty, just loaded fries with all the best Mexican flavors. It's just, and then we had asada fries. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, um, Canadians, I love you, but like <laughs> Putin's got nothing on asada or pasta fries. I say this as a Canadian. I love Putin. Um and it has a special place in my heart, but I do appreciate the spiciness of uh, uh, that that comes in like asada fries. But yeah, I it also just, love know, cheese and gravy. Like whenever I eat like rich things, though, I need not to sound Korean, but I need some sort <laughs> of like pickle or some sort of like acid to like upset it. And poutine is everything is just like rich and heavy, and mm-hmm. there's no like oasis. Of like mm-hmm. refreshment, you know. Well, also, but like poutine is a cold weather food. Like poutine is like a quintessential thing that you eat I mean, when so you're taking a fries, break. You know. I mean, but you consider the climates where you eat them both. Like poutine is where you take like you're taking a break from skiing at the chalet, and you're getting some like loaded poutine. You want that gravy and cheese and stuff. Um, so you want that richness to just keep you warm. But are you telling me that poutine would not be elevated by even just like pickled onions or pickled jalapeno or... I've seen people put caramelized onions. Actually, I've seen people put like caramelized onions and bacon and stuff like that. It's just not... I also think like the mushroom, the beef mushroom gravy and the cheese curds just don't really take to any kind of acidy flavors that would really work necessarily. Maybe a pickled onion... Um, or a pickled garlic, but it would have to be a pretty mild pickle. I would see stuff like a malt vinegar work better. Pickled red onion might be good on poutine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some or, things or pickled carrots. Pickled carrots, I think, would be fabulous. Yeah, that could work too. I mean, you know, go tell Canada to fix it. Canada, or Montreal. <laughs> Canada, make it work. <laughs> Make it work, Canada. Y'all heard it here. I want pickles of my poutine. <laughs> New York has disco fries, right? I think those are a New York one. Well, what's disco fry? I think it's like the same thing, but with a different kind of cheese. I don't... Okay, line. Disco fries. I'm looking it up. Oh, it's New Jersey. <laughs> Crinkle cut fries. Homemade gravy and gooey mozzarella cheese. So instead of like the cheese curds, it's it's mo- it's um, mozzarella and crinkle cut fries. 
Oh, it sounds like poutine. poutine. It just sounds like poutine. But it sounds good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And maybe I'm just hungry. Oh, cheddar cheese sauce. Melted oh, gooey or beef gravy or chicken gravy. Okay, All I'm right. so, you know what? <laughs> the world may be a tough place, but you know, like the plasticky cheddar cheese sauce. Mm. It's like a secret guilty pleasure of mine. I bet it is. <laughs> like, I don't eat it often, but like, um, just like Velveeta melted with like crappy salsa and mixed together. Yeah. For queso. And it's like, when it's warm. It's something maybe I eat maybe maybe once a year, but when it hits, it hits. Are you talking about that cheese sauce that you can like get on your nachos at the movie theater? Like you push a button in a machine and it just kind of like yeah. spits this stuff up. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. That's you know what time sauce. it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then um, we had California Rock and Sushi. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm not... I'm not being paid to say this, and, like, I'm not sponsored. I just genuinely, like, love this place, and no one knows about it. It's, like, so underrated, but it's in Marang Plaza, which is, like, a plaza in Cape Town. There's, like, H Mart in the basement, and there's, like, all these different establishments, like, all over. But the sushi there is so good. California Rock and Sushi in Cape Town. Like, check them out. If you heard the name, like, California Rock and Sushi, you're, like... That's a dumb name. They probably have crappy sushi. And you found out it was in a mall. Yeah. Like in the second floor of a mall. But the quality of the sushi there is so high. The sashimi hits. Um, so good. The, the service is great. Um, the owner is so nice. Like everything there is really, really good. Yeah. I had the sashimi thing. And like the way the presentation, like they give you that box when you get like the sushi deluxe set and then like i get a taupe like a freaking landscape for my sashimi and everything was as you said so so very fresh and they're just it was so gracious you wouldn't i would if i lived here i would gatekeep that place mm. i would want them i would bring my friends i would bring my friends mm. to take them so that like yeah. you know i would support the business but i would never broadcast it <laughs> I see. I want them to like do well because I want them to be around. You know, or even like do so well that they open a location closer to where you live. I mean, they're already like only seven minutes away. Are they? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It takes like two seconds Everything. to drive there. Everything seems so far away here. <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt about Detroit. You're like the closest grocery store to me is forty minutes away. But that's fine because they all deliver. <laughs> mm. That was the closest Costco. The closest Costco is 40 minutes away. The closest grocery store is like 10. Oh, I'm at the Asian grocery store. Oh, yeah. When I took you to the Asian grocery store, that was only like 20 minutes. Mm, felt like 40. It only took longer because we decided to stop by Meat Fresh. Oh, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how far away from here? Oh, uh, like a whole hour away. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, you know. Oh, what? You want to fight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you guys never had meat fresh before, it's like a Taiwanese like dessert place and you can get like um, hot or cold like tofu pudding, like in like a sweet ginger sauce 
or like shaved ice with like taro and like sweet potato dumplings with boba mm. and yeah. um black grass jelly is like what they're it's known for so good and like and the grass jelly is so good and if you've never had grass jelly it's hard to describe but it has like an herbal taste and you can eat it hot or cold. I like it hot. John likes it cold. No, sorry. Mm-hmm. I like it cold. John likes it hot. Mm-hmm. And you, you can pour a little like creamer on it to make it creamy. Or you can just like eat it on its own. It's supposed to be good for you. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, like, it's that's all it's all sugar at that it's, point. It just tastes good, you know, yeah. it's good. But it's like not like is with every Asian dessert. Like the best compliment Asians can give to a dessert is when we say Should it's not too sweet. Oh, damn it! Oh, I already said it. You... <laughs> Sorry. Edit that out. Edit that out, Rob. Should he say it together in count of three? Okay. Three, two, one. Not too. Not sweet. too sweet. John, <laughs> it's really confusing when you're in the same room. I can hear the echo. <laughs> Stop, where is it? <laughs> you had one job. You had one job. I know, and I'm bad okay. at it. Let's try again on kind of three. Okay. Three, two, one. Not too Not sweet. Not too sweet. Oh, my God. Okay, it's really hard because I can hear you say it in person, and then it takes, there's a delay when it comes through the computer. So I'm saying. Just say like, it when you hear it in person. <laughs> Okay, why don't we just keep all of it? <laughs> and they already know that we've been struggling to try to do this. Okay, let's try. We're going to get destroyed. Let's let's try it okay. again. Okay, okay. Three, two, one. Not, Not too-, too sweet. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't. It's so... I, okay. <laughs> She's so bad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> it's not too sweet. That's the best not thing that Asian person can talk, say about a dessert. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Show is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you're in Madison Heights in uh, the Metro Detroit area, I think they have a location in Madison Heights, and they have one in Troy, and then in LA they have a location in where. It's like not in LA proper, but like out, like on the outskirts of LA somewhere. It shows up on my um, DoorDash, but um, it shows up as like eight miles away or something like that. So I've never been in person. That's wild. You can go eight miles and still be in the city of Detroit. No, like eight miles in LA is like a long journey. <laughs> yeah, that's so wild. Like, it can, if in an Uber here, it could take like an hour to go three miles. Yeah. Or it could also take like five minutes. Or it could take five minutes. But like if you're in traffic, you're like screwed. You walk faster. Yeah. There's no like rhyme or reason to like how like LA is. It just is. Mm-hmm. And you better hope that there's no traffic at whatever time you're traveling. See, in Detroit, I feel like it would be standard to for like something... F- I guess like 15 or 16, 18 miles away to take like 15 minutes to get to from like the freeway. Mm. Oh, 15 miles. That sounds so far away. <laughs> right. mm. So anyways, um, tomorrow we're going to go to Sautel, 
which is like a little like Japan area. And they have like a lot of um, great Japanese restaurants there. A lot of great Asian restaurants here in general. I was thinking um, maybe I could take you to a place that does really good sukimen. Sukimen. Oh, is that the one you dip? Yeah. Yeah. Dipping. So sukimen, do they use somen or soba noodles? They use soba. Oh, right. ramen noodles. Ramen noodles. Oh, that's right. Okay. 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 I, 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 I saw it on an episode of Naruto. I've never <laughs> had it myself. But oh, yeah, it's really good. Um, and the broth and like is super the, concentrated, right? Uh, yes. And then yeah. there's like different locations. And I guess like the difference is like one location, like their broth is like fish based and the other is like meat based. Oh, interesting. Um, and the broth is like very pungent, um, which is like very shocking for like Japanese food. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what are the other things from LA that you want to eat um, while you're here? Um, I would not be mad if I got to have another, try another flavor of croissant taiyaki from Mumu mm, Bakery. Mumu Bakery, yeah. Because I've had custard. I think I have their pumpkin flavor and I've had red bean. Um, I probably like choose like a chocolate or something now. Have you had the cream cheese one yet? Yes. Yes. That was so good. Yeah. And that one is like my fave. Yeah. So taiyaki is like, oh, how do you describe it? It's like a filling fill. Normally it's like a pancake almost batter that they fill mm-hmm. um, in the shape of a it's fish. like um, fish mold. Yeah. And then inside you can stuff it with anything from like red bean to mozzarella cheese to like yeah. custard. But this but place, over here, they use like a croissant batter. Oh, it's so good. So that it's, it's crispy, like flaky, crispy, but also like sugar is like caramelized on the outside. Oh, yeah. Um, and very like buttery. And I like the cream cheese one because like when the cream cheese is warm, it gets to be like a little sour. So that little like sour creamy cheese paired with the caramelized buttery crust. You really mm. need every any kind of fat. You needed it to be just the tiniest bit of acidity to balance it out. Doesn't matter what oh. you eat. I, I I love my acid. <laughs> um, so like yeah, the things that I normally get when I'm here, especially since I'm doing a longer trip, like I always want tacos. I always want some kind of Korean food. When it's cold, I want sulung tongue. When it's warm, I want young men. We could do a, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still down to do a spicy topoki challenge with you and videotape it if you are. We could, yeah. 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 Topoki is like rice cakes served in like a spicy sauce, would you say? Yeah, spicy sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every family makes a difference. Some just make it with um, chili powder or some make it with gochujang. <laughs> Gochujang. Gochujang. <laughs> Gochujang. As um as you people call it. I I where did we see it? Because we ha- in the last episode we talked about how like Gochujang was like that girl that all of the mm-hmm. Western chefs were like just experimenting with. Oh, you think like Gochujang is like a salad dressing? Yeah. Yeah. But then we saw, like, Eric Kim from the New York Times. He had, like, a gochujang butter noodles that actually sounded really good. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Is he the same person who made these, like, gochujang cookies? Yes. Mm. Yes. 
Those were brilliant. Eric's amazing. Did you actually bake them? I didn't. Wow. So how do you know if he's brilliant? <laughs> oh, I, ha- I, I had him. I didn't bake it. Oh, you myself. had him? Okay. No, 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 no. no. I was like... <laughs> okay, you bake? I just cannot imagine, like, Jonathan Kong, like, baking. Oh, I can't either. I mean, I do it if I have to. And I'm actually, like, pretty good with, like, coming up and playing around with flavors for sweets and desserts. But, like, the act of baking mm-hmm. itself, I just, I don't like it. And I, I, I just feel like baking is very, like, anti-John Kong. Because you're someone who measures with your heart. I definitely do. I definitely And baking do. is all about, like, measuring, like, with science, you know? Exactly. Like, if I have to, like, get measuring cups and, like liquid measuring Mm. cups and like measuring spoons and stuff like that. I just hate how messy it, I'm already like a pretty messy person in the kitchen. Like I do my best. And if I have to put on my professional hat, I can keep it clean. But like if I'm in the kitchen, just like doing stuff and I got to take a lot of cups and spoons and stuff. Mm. And like, you know, I just don't, I just don't enjoy it. It's just like another thing to wash for something. You know, Maybe it's a Chinese in me, but like I try using chopsticks for everything. And if I can't cook Mm. an entire dinner using chopsticks, then I'm like cranky about it. Also, I just can't imagine like the John Kong having that much (laughs) sugar in his home. That's, I don't even think I have real sugar in my home. That's not in the form of like maple syrup and honey. I have like Mm. sugar substitutes. Mm. Like Mm. stevia? Erythritol and monk fruit. I use those okay. two things a lot because I only use sugar to counterbalance like savory flavors most of the time. And I think that like artificial sweeteners, um, they don't taste good by themselves. They don't taste good in coffee or tea, but if you're adding them to, to like soy sauce or salty things just to like bring balance and to the, f- to the flavor profile of the dish, um, they work very, very well. Like you cannot mm. tell it's not sugar in that, in that way. So if I'm adding it to like a soy sauce to like steam fish or something like that, yeah, can't tell. Mm. And also, um, on next week on Monday, we're going to Nozawa Bar. <gasps> yeah. So sushi is one of the things that I try to get when I'm here, just simply because we have like proximity to like such good fish in the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. And um, Nozawa Bar. It's one of those um, omakase place where basically they only take 10 customers at a time and you have to like get tickets for it basically. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a sushi show in a way where um, a chef and then like maybe two or three assistants of it is like make everyone's dinner for that night. But each um, course of sushi served like one piece at a time to, but at the same time to like all the diners. Yeah, it's so good. It's so very good. There was a place in Hong Kong that's kind of like that, that I really liked going to called Sushi Sase. It was in mm-hmm. Lang Fong. I don't know if it's opened anymore, but that was like one of my favorite places to go. I would go there for like lunch because it was more affordable. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but we should like answer a couple of questions. Wow, we have questions? Because we didn't go through all of them last time. Did we do this one last time? This one's from Matt, and they said, question for both of you, what's your favorite dish slash meal you've ever had? Have you ever tried to recreate it? 
You know, I barely remember what I ate yesterday. So <laughs> <laughs> for me to remember if I've answered this question or not, um, it's kind of like a hard question. So my only, my most vivid food memory was like eating something that wasn't even cooked. Um, I was on this like, oh, I don't know if I've said this on any of our previous episodes before, but like I was on a rubber boat with my uncle and we had mm-hmm. gone, uh, we'd gone, they called it crayfish, but they were spiny lobsters. And mm. so we would catch these spiny lobsters and lobster traps. And then anything that was, and you know, totally not legal, but anything that was like not big enough to, uh, and we didn't do this with all of them. It was just like every odd one, like everyone that was like not big enough to throw back, we would like eat, break open and eat on the boat with soy sauce that we brought on the boat. So it was like straight out of the ocean, super fresh. And we had like sashimi there, spiny lobster sashimi. And it was like, it was sweet. You'd think that it was swimming in sugar water the whole time. So that was my most vivid memory. That's not not something that I could like ever recreate. Mm. That was my also my favorite thing that I've ever eaten. I was 16 years old. Back in the day. Oh my God. Back in the day. Was it, was it the 80s? Shut up. Oh my God. That's so shady. <laughs> We're moving on. Next question. Um, Wait, I didn't get to this question. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you've said enough. <laughs> Whoa. Um, my favorite thing that I've ever eaten. Um, I'm probably like the dish that like I talk about all the time and I've talked about this podcast many times too is the black pepper bun. From Taiwan. Oh, yeah. You know, that I just cannot find in the States. You know, it's not a thing here. So strange. Um, it's not hard I to know. make. And it's not impossible to make. You just don't find no. it here. You just need a tandoori oven, you know? Yeah, you need you need the oven. And I guess you, like, also have to be willing just to do that one thing for your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, yeah, my answer is the black pepper bun, and <laughs> it's a special thing that I get every time I go to Taiwan, but yeah, I can't find it in the States. But if anybody knows somewhere in the States that has them, let me know. I'll be there. When you're, are you go, is Taiwan on your tour? Oh, uh, it is. Oh, damn. You're lucky. It's a tour stop for you, so you'll get that, some. That fish market? So, oh yeah that fish market was so good the sushi there was really good oh i'm so jealous Voss, you can pick Cook me up. up and i'll tour with you <laughs> tell Voss. <laughs> well, what would you do on tour i have no idea <laughs> i can be an announcer maybe i don't have any talents um so another okay we'll do one more question uh alvis asks for hi first i want to say thank you both for creating this digital space for uh queer asian people i'm so excited to listen to see how it grows my first question is for john i'm relatively new in my culinary career after switching from being a longtime microbiologist damn what advice do you have for someone that's just starting out who's made a drastic career change um well he didn't ask me the question, but to give the um 
audience and background, John used to be a lawyer and now he's a, you know, I, I was a lawyer chef. for like, ten, I was a lawyer for 10 minutes. Um, and now but you, I mean, you still were a lawyer, you know, you went to school for it. it. It's true. It's true. And I still think I made the right decision because it took me to like the career that I have now. Uh, but it's weird because this question is like, you know, I, I've, I've kind of, um, I've transferred out of being in the culinary industry into like content creation. So it's just advice do I have for someone that's just starting out like with a drastic career change? Well, the beauty about it is when everything's so exciting and new, you have this like energy to just do so much more. Um, <laughs> I basically was like, when, when I made the switch to, to being a cook, I was willing to work so much for like so little. And I think the advice that I would have is, is not to do that at first. Understand what you're worth, know what you're worth and know what your labor is worth. Especially going from a job where like being a microbiologist to a cook, suddenly like you're going from a job where like your mind is doing all the work to like your body is doing a majority of the work. And one is not more prestigious than the other. Both things are hard work and you should charge for your labor accordingly. Um, just because it's something you're doing physically doesn't mean it's not valuable. And that's like what I have to say about like the restaurant industry in general, like everybody's lives are better because of the existence of the service industry. But for some reason, people love to hate on it and people love to shit on it. And meanwhile, they work these office jobs that honestly like don't enrich the lives of as many people as the work of chefs and cooks and servers do. So charge accordingly and charge the fair amount and charge full price. Don't be afraid to charge your full price. That's what I have to say about that. Um, and the second question, he has another question. The second question is to both of you. I'm at the point in my life where I'm learning to step into my power and in my identity. And I'm interested to know how has being queer and Asian affected and informed each of your careers in your respective industries? Thank you. I feel like, um, if anything, at least in my profession, like with doing drag, um, has made me stand out more. Um, mm -hmm. especially like around the time where like I was coming up in Chicago, um, there were, no other Asian queens around aside from Jia Gun, and her aesthetic is obviously completely different from mine, you know? Mm -hmm. um, she is the boom boom gun. She, <laughs> I mean, she's great, like <laughs> a great entertainer. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, because. When I was growing up, I always thought to myself, like, life would be so much easier, like, if I was white, or if I was, you know, black, or, mm -hmm. you know, just to, like, fit in, like, with, you know, like, the people that are in town better. It's because, mm -hmm. like, I moved around my entire life, and I just never felt like I, like, belonged anywhere. That and... is, like, a, like, an Asian in the Midwest feeling, where it was, like, you were by, you felt by yourself. It's so easy to feel so alone out there. Mm -hmm. 
and growing up now and looking back like growing up like asian american like in this space is like what made me like special and like stand out like against everybody and i wouldn't have it any other way mm. now <laughs> now, now. At, the time, it at the time i didn't know you know yeah it sucked and was isolating then and i think it does make us more sensitive to i don't know people coming into our as you say power like we do even though we were like kim and i never knew each other as kids and stuff uh, but we definitely had like somewhat of a similar enough upbringing where we understood the struggle and we'd meet people from all over the country and have these similar stories to share and i think we have like a as a result we have like a humor we have like our own little subculture that understands this um mm -hmm. and like I one of our like that, um longest running inside joke is like the lunchbox trauma yes lunchbox trauma also the name of our heavy metal band um mm -hmm. Where, like, every, like, Asian kid has an experience of, like, bringing, like, food from their culture to school. And then kids at the school going, ew, gross. Mm -hmm. And that traumatizing you from, like, ever eating those food again in public. And that trauma, like, totally informed probably a good three quarters of narrative Asian food TikTok content. <laughs> For, like, a year, everybody had a story that like you know was based off of that and we all found like we found um solidarity in that and yeah. we also realized that it was our there was nothing wrong with our food our food is the best food mm -hmm. and now our food is like being celebrated now our food is fucking being put in cookies and buttered doodles <laughs> that, that was a korean person that made those things <laughs> now our food is being put in like salad dressings and now our food is being sold at Trader Joe's there you go <laughs> that's when you know yeah yeah anyways um, we like to conclude this with this podcast with the announcement that um, there's a reason why we talked about um, all the things John ate in LA because John will be moving to LA soon I'm not moving to LA Kim <laughs> He's never moving to LA soon. Um. <laughs> Not with the shit weather that you have here. God, shit weather. It has. It's raining right now. Listen, Detroit. <laughs> where six months of the year you have winter, and the other six months is construction, and that's your only two season. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But up until it started raining, it's been pretty dusty here. I will say LA is so much nicer now that you have water. Yeah. Yeah. Millionaires love it because they don't their lawns are nice and lush. Well, I do like to run past those lawns, so I I do benefit, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to have some soup now. So Okay. <laughs> I will let you have some guys soup. later. Yay! Uh, thank you for listening to our rambling on. Good night.